got to do with it? You know, what's love got to do with it? So I just thought that we should just think about every time we say, you know, love, love, because it's such an expression that, you know, my, my two-year-old grandson says, Nana, I love you. I don't even think they know what they're talking about. Just because they got extra yogurt. <laughs> or they asked for the tablet and it was given to them. Do, do, do you understand? Or they wanted to watch SpongeBob Square, SquarePants. And they turn it on. You get I love you. Isn't it? Yeah. Sometimes we see our parents, you say I love you. Sometimes you write you know, a text, a WhatsApp message, you put heart, heart, heart. Heart means love, isn't it? But the, the emoji hearts, all the different colors, do they mean different things? Really? Then I'm sure I've been misusing it. <laughs> Sending wrong things to wrong people. Okay. What does the purple one mean? Sorry? The red one we assume is what? Original love. Is what? Uh, they said the red one is love, love. Romantic. Hey, please, anyone who has received a red heart from me, return it. <laughs> please return it. Please let me have it back immediately. You see why we all need to be educated on certain things? How many of us have sent red love to places we should not have sent red love to? <laughs> Sorry? No, different colors. There are different colors. But some what phone do you use? There are different colors. <laughs> yeah. So you realize that love is an expression. In fact, 90% of music that is made is about love. 90% of music. It's only today that I heard that there's also a song that says, say my name, say my name. But they said, don't tell me what it means and what it's about. But just because they have said that, we have to find the song. And we have to go and find out what it's about. Because you can't be singing rough songs like that. And then, yeah, you see, you see some of you are acting confused like you don't know what she's You know exactly the song that you're talking about. But you realize that there are so many songs about love and you know, by the time even a child is about 10, 11, 12, especially in the generation we are in, love has been messed up in their head already. Do, do, do you understand? Yeah, love has just taken a whole new turn in their head. And we've all come or gone through the different things we've gone through, and we have also defined what love is. In our sphere or in our life, we have determined Tomorrow, like this, somebody is going to get flowers and feel that, oh, that was a sign of love. Somebody also is going to get flowers and be very irritated. Somebody is going to get chocolate, and it's like, I knew that you wanted me to put on weight. Now you have proven yourself that you, you know, everybody, somebody too is going to get money, and then they're going to say, this is what we call love. You, you know, somebody is going to get maybe a car or, you know, there was a Valentine time, a couple of, when I got a car. Please put your hands together for Reverend, please. It was on Valentine's Day and uh, we went to the showroom and we went to do, what do they call it, tear rubber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, went to tear the rubber. Yeah, it was on Valentine's Day. Well, I'm, I'm a case, it was very powerful. 
you know, and I was with the kids, and then we made him drive back in his old car, and then the three of us drove back. <laughs> but love is expressed in so many ways, handled in so many ways. But I just wanted us to keep a few things in mind today as we, please make sure you have your questions. We are going to just discuss it and go because I don't want us to be here for too long. There are a few things that I think that it would be good that this week, especially, you know, some of us are going to be sad, you know, this evening because we just broke up for, on a relationship or because Valentine's coming and our housemates are, yeah. <laughs> What's that Kiran song? It's time, it's coming. It's your boyfriend. You know, so tomorrow some will have funerals in their room. They'll go and take old picture and come. I'm healing you. 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 Oh, online people, tell them all their questions will be answered. Listen, so, yeah, tomorrow they'll go and play the favorite song that the two of them used to sing, isn't it? Yeah, whatever the song is, maybe baby face song or. I don't know who sings love songs these days. Sorry. Uh, please take your microphone. You are preaching with me, Prince. Who is he? Yeah, they are arguing. David says, what is that, <laughs> Princess? <laughs> Listen, I, when I was in high school, I was in boarding school, people used to write Valentine cards and post it to themselves so that it will arrive. And then they will act surprised. And then they will open the envelope. Oh no! <laughs> have you seen how messed up we have become? Yeah. In fact, for this particular issue, even, you realize that even married couples suffer from it. Yeah, married couples suffer from it because it's like maybe one person's wife will be telling another wife, Oh, as for my husband, Valentine, he does too much. He does too much. He does too much. Then the other one too is sitting there. It's like my husband. He does nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah. But how can we be defining all these things as love? Do, do, do you understand? Yeah. Some of us, the reason why we are no longer virgins is because somebody told you that if you love me, let it show. If you love me, if you love me, you will withhold. It. And he quoted the scripture. No good thing shall you withhold. <laughs> Praise have you found that song? <laughs> but I came here this afternoon to tell you that love is not a natural or automatic thing. I think that we need to disabuse our minds on so many things so that we can live a happier, joyful life and a purposeful life. And a purposeful life. Because a lot of the time, what we regard as broken heart or whatever is just the elimination of a certain level of stupidity from your life. But it feels painful at the time. It feels painful at the time. That's the reality. It feels but when you can appreciate that the absence of that person, he or she, was one of the greatest blessings to your life. 
Because love is not something that, you know, it's not a natural thing. And I'll show you why. You know, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, the Bible says in Luke 10, 27, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. When we look in Deuteronomy 6, the Bible says in, from verse 5, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and of your gates. So in the book of Deuteronomy, they are giving the Ten Commandments and he was saying that, in verse 5, he said, I love the Lord with all your heart and love your neighbor self. And it is commanding us. If the Bible has to command us to do something, it means that the thing doesn't come naturally. Be, do you understand? Yeah, 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 yeah. There are certain things that are natural. Do you understand? When you want to go and have a wee, you just go. Do, do, do you get it? When you want to yawn, it just comes. Love is not automatic. And it is not, do you know why? Even when they say that, oh, you know, a mother's love, when a mother has a child, they love that same mother can get very irritated and annoyed with that child. There are still parents who will disown their children. It means that love is not a natural automatic thing. Yeah. Hmm. Have you seen those children there? Yeah. That is how they can be. Love is not endless or bottomless. I don't care what Lionel Richie says. <laughs> Endless love is a song. <laughs> yeah. So you see that we get confused by the time we get to a certain level in our life. We get confused by the time we get to a certain level in our relationship. A lot of us are relationship status. But we can't continue and we can't maintain. Because we think that the feeling we have must stay the same forever and ever. It doesn't. Yeah. The excitement must be there. The desire must be there. It doesn't. It is not natural. It's not automatic. It's not endless. It's not bottomless. You know when you go to Nando's, they say what? Bottomless drink. You drink, 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 drink. Love is not like that. If it was like that, nobody would need to do anything. If I, the Bible would not even say that live with your wives according to what? Knowledge. Because there will be no point. First John 4, the Bible says in verse 7 and 8, dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is Love. Dear friends, let us continue <laughs> to love one another. It means that it can stop. <laughs> do you understand? If you don't continue doing something, what would they do? It will cease. Yeah. If you don't continue telling your children you love them, it will cease. 
If you don't continue to tell your spouse you love them, it will cease. If you don't continue, you know, if you are, there's somebody that you have found, you want to marry the person, you know, look at the effort you put in for the person to say yes. You have to put in that level for the rest of your life. Let me give you this last one, then we'll take the questions. Love is not the only thing that develops in the heart. Love is not the only thing that's going on in here. How many of you know hate is also going on in here? Envy is also going on in here. Oh, contention is also going on in here. Bitterness and anger is also going on here. Liking is also going on here. There's a whole lot going on here. It's not just love. So if you don't work at it, anything can be going on in there. People marry people and after a while they despise the person by hating their heart. That is why we also have to realize that a lot of wisdom is needed when it comes to relationship. We have to control the feeling. You see, Feeling is needed to bring excitement into relationship, but feeling should not control your relationship. When feeling controls your relationship, your relationship becomes like a yo-yo, up and down, up and down, up and down. Yeah, even sometimes you are confused. You don't know which wife you are going to meet at home. You don't know which husband you are going to meet at home. Do you understand? Is it the one who is coming to hug you and carry you around? Or the one who is about to just... Blank you up. Which one are you going to meet? You can't use your feeling to determine. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 4.23 that keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. A lot of things will grow out of your heart. And if you're a Christian, I am here to tell you that, listen, it's going to take work for you to grow the right things out of your heart. When you read 1 Corinthians 13, the Bible begins to describe and define certain things must, that must be in love. You realize that those things don't come naturally. Hey, love is not boastful, it's not proud, forgives. Hey, it is not a natural thing. It means that there are things that we have to work on. And that is why we always say that love is a decision we take. Love is a decision we take. Love is a seed that grows. And because if love is a seed that grows, then you must also realize that love can be contaminated. Because as the seed is growing, you become more forgiving. You become more caring, more patient, you know. You, you, you put others above yourself. But that can also be corrupted. That is why sometimes when you show love to certain people, they abuse it. I pray that, especially for those of us who are yet to make choices in terms of relationship, I pray that the grace of God will enable you to apply wisdom on this journey. Will, I, will enable you to apply wisdom on this journey. Because the 
The Bible says that man looks on the outward, but God looks. And that's the naturalness of man. That is why we had team A and team B. Because the naturalness of man is that we look on the outside. And even when we go for interviews and things, a lot of the time people end up choosing people who cannot do the work because they were impressed with their charisma. They were impressed with, you know, everything they came to say, which they had memorized, kind of say. And then they gave them to the job. And somebody came, and the person wasn't so eloquent, and the person couldn't get their point across too well, and then we didn't even bother with them. In the same way, you know, in Before You Jump, chapter 4, we'll look at it next week and maybe Reverend tells us things that we should look at in when you're choosing a partner. It doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman. Some of the things you should look out for. And he talks about the fact that this courtship process must not be taken lightly. You have to put a lot of effort into it. And that is why the wisdom of scripture said that sex belongs to the married couple. Because if you have sex before marriage, there's no interview again. Can you imagine that you want somebody to go and organize food for you and you've got money and then they just come and they say, here, get the food, eat. What again? You see, the world has neutralized and normalized a lot of things that should not be normalized. Who drinks a can of Coke and keeps their Coke in their bedroom? Or keeps the empty bottle in their fridge? That empty bottle is thrown away. Yeah, then you go and look for another Coke that is full to drink. <laughs> and the reason why women feel more pain than men when it comes to sex before marriage is because you are the receiver. So it is deposited in you. Listen, ladies, I don't care what he tells you. If he's not ready to hang tight to put a ring on the finger, trust me, when he marries you, you are going to find out. You yourself, you won't trust him. I feel like the room has become hot. Reverend, what have I, what's happening here? We were enjoying this whole <laughs> What has happened? Yes! We are normalizing sex before marriage as Christians. And that is why our pain is the same as the world's pain. When you are courting, when you are dating somebody and you are getting to know somebody and at a point, like um, Tim B said, you realize that the character is not good, you can move on. But how do you move on if they have been depositing spam into your body for so long. Is that another word? Different word? <laughs> you see, that is the problem we have in church. Because when we come, we are going to dilly-dally around topics and issues. And then we struggle with things. Listen, sexual addiction in the church is the same as it is outside. But you don't want to talk about it. If we pick your phones now, we see that pornography is on a lot of phones, just as it is on outside. We are
are struggling with it. And rather than receiving healing so that we can stand strong and have healthy relationships, we come and then we put on our godly face and then we sing a godly song and we go back to the filth. And then the devil uses it to choke us every time. And sometimes we backslide because we get so guilty. May the Lord bring healing. Listen, it is a reality for a lot of young people. I told you that me when I was young, for anybody to see a naked woman, you have to go and find your elder brother's suitcase, look inside, look for another box, and another box. And now all, even the little children with their phone see a lot of stupidity. Yes, and it is addictive. That is why I was brought and they gave me this table so that this one is not a pulpit. <laughs> so, this one is not a pulpit. So we can have uh, home conversations on this, on this table. On this table, yeah. Parents are afraid to have this discussion with their children. Even friends are afraid to have this discussion. And so people get married and they don't have healthy sex lives. Yeah, because what they have been watching, they thought that that's how their marriage will be. But the person is not a pornography star. Somebody's daughter, somebody's son, who has just been ordained even as a minister, who is serving the Lord Most High. And they grow with it. They become even pastors with it. They become whatever with it. They grow and they grow. They become old and it is still there. But it doesn't make you have a healthy relationship. Let the church say amen. Let the church. You see, some of you are confused because what happened yesterday is conflicting with what we are talking about today. (laughs) And for some of you, what was supposed to happen today and tomorrow is Valentine's Day. I am killing that demon. And if any one of you tomorrow even tries... If you are not married and you try to remove your skirt, the zip will cut you. I felt the Holy Spirit just descend and just land and just rest. Yeah. You see how my voice is? God gave me a very unique voice which can be very haunting. Tomorrow you will go for your nice meal. But if you try to touch certain parts of people, you will literally see my face inside the window. Because that is the thing that will bring you so much pain thereafter. That is the thing that will bring you so much misery thereafter. Enough of these useless tears. There are tears you shouldn't cry. There are seasons and times coming when you need to cry over things. This is not one of them. Your value goes down the more sexually active you become. Then when you marry, then you retire. When you are married, you go on pension. Because you started working at the age of two instead of at the age of 25. (laughs) They want to collect their pension. (laughs) 
When you see that you don't have a desire for your spouse, you should see that something is wrong. Rather, you have desire for different people. Some of you, when you are even having sex with your spouse, your mind is on other people. Okay, Pastor Sam, do you have the questions? Let's go. Pastor Sam, please bring me the questions. I don't want trouble because I feel like... You see, I feel like somebody is drawing this thing out of me. I don't know who you are. I'll call you by name in a minute. We have to be good examples for those who are coming after us. As Christians, we have to, when somebody gets saved, they must be drawn not only to our ability to quote scriptures, the word of God, what we know, but by our character and our lifestyle. If you want to, me to show you. Dorothy, are you the one reading the question? Dorothy, come. Dorothy got married last year. And when Dorothy got married, she came to tell us that first it was, then it turned to, Dorothy, come. Dorothy, come. <laughs> Can you imagine if she had been seeing fireworks, fireworks, fireworks? She'll go and marry and come. Uh, no fine. Yeah. Now she has a right to talk about certain things. She, she's nervous. <laughs> uh, Pastor, have you written the ones online too? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So we're going to try and go through. Reverend, please, you have your microphone. Yeah, go. Yeah. Um, so these ones are the ones from online. Oh, it doesn't matter. Don't tell us whether it's online. It doesn't matter. So the concept, God has a partner for everyone. Is it true? And then the first question is, and when do you actually realize this is the person? The follow-up question is, what are the signs of God's wisdom to look out for? Okay, so that's why the last one will answer. Um, get a copy of Before You Jump, and then go and read chapter 4. And then God's wisdom of all the things that you need to look out for will be there. So it talks about everything, including their looks. And, but it talks about how they treat their parents, how they treat those that don't really matter or that they think that they're above. It's amazing. Chapter 4 is... So now the top one. He says that, does God have a partner for... Go back to that first question. I think I answered this question every year, isn't it? So does God have a partner for everyone? Does God have... Uh, so is the person talking about a specific partner for everyone? Yes. Yes. So I've answered this question 200 times, but some of you are new, so I will answer it again. That if God had a specific partner for everyone, then it means that the equilibrium of love has been messed up already. Because as soon as the first person went to marry the wrong person, they had the wrong children who are going to marry the wrong people, who are going to marry the wrong, and then we have all become wrong. Because we have messed the whole thing up. So God does not have one specific person for you in your life. But God gives you wisdom to marry a certain kind of person. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so the person that you finally settle on after you have prayed is the direction that God has led you to. Do you understand? So it's not a specific person. Because if it's a specific person, then by our generation, the mess, we are already messed up. Because the person that I should have married, their mother didn't go and marry the right person for them to come as the right one, for me to marry my right person, who would have been right. 
So the right is gone from the right. So I think that we should stop being spooky. Do you understand? The Bible says that don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So the Bible will give you guidance on things to eliminate, things to discard. Do you get what I'm saying? And then to narrow it. And the Lord, and the Lord will also um, impress upon you. The Holy Spirit will also whisper to you, speak to you. Do you get it? Because sometimes there's somebody that the Lord lays on your heart, but unfortunately for you, that person, it has not been laid on their heart. You know, when I was young, they used to say that, you know, can I say that the, the Lord spoke to me that you are my, and then the person would say that the Lord hasn't spoken to me yet. So, I'm sorry. Next question. So the follow-up question is, what are the signs of God's wisdom to look out for? Uh, I just, I said um, chapter four. Okay. Do you want me to read it out for you? Get a book, chapter 4, okay? You have to find somebody who has direction in life, who is, has a purpose, somebody who treats people well, somebody who is not selfish, somebody who is charitable and giving, not a selfish person, person somebody who has good work ethics, somebody that you find attractive and is beautiful to you. Somebody who has a sense of responsibility. You see, sometimes somebody can be really handsome and very irresponsible. Sorry? The looks, the in, the looks, the looks, the looks, the looks. Kai, the looks. Yes, next question. Yeah, is it okay to move churches to find their beloved? Reverend. <laughs> Reverend, Reverend. Oh, put your hands together for Reverend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you called me. <laughs> uh, you have to answer this question. Is it okay to move churches to find, to find a beloved for that specific okay. reason? So it means you are moving churches because you have found somebody you are hunting and you have chased the person into the hole that they've gone to. Oh? Or you have this church hasn't got the type of men you you think you are you like, so you go to the other church, hoping that you will find somebody there. Isn't that isn't that okay? The answer to the question is you you don't the, the person is not telling us whether they are a lady or. So I'll answer the question in terms of a lady and in terms of a man. Okay. So as a man, it is not a very smart thing to jump from one church to another because you are chasing a girl. Because it, it's a certain character, it's a habit that you you find yourself engaging. It will become like you become a wandering eyed person going from jumping from one place. Because when you get one person, you think that you can get another better person. Then you see yourself jumping again to another better person. So you put a ring on this one, but your eye is still wandering. Okay. And if you are a lady, don't be desperate. Never ever take a decision out of hunger. I, I, I say some, I think I wrote this somewhere in this book that never eat when you're hungry. It sounds, it sounds, it sounds like a rhetorical rhetor 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 question, isn't it? It doesn't sound right. 
But I see, when you are hungry, any food is good. And every food is nice. Even the food that has poison in it, you feel like eating. How many understand what I'm saying? When you are starving and they drink, maybe you don't like junk food. But when you are starving and somebody gives you junk food, you feel like eating. In the same way, when you, you feel that you are under pressure, you marry the wrong person. And marriage is not something you can just marry and then when the person doesn't work, you leave. Do you understand what I'm saying? So rather stay put. In his time, he makes all things beautiful. Make yourself findable where you are and Mr. Wright will find you there. Don't go jumping from one place to the other hoping to find a Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright. It doesn't work. Reverend, God bless you. I mean, I, I, think, I think that, you know, the Contagious Church, you know, we have been learning so many things. And I feel that every Christian must get to the place where their choice of even the church they worship in should be because of their relationship with God. Not because of men or women. Not even because of the pastor. I like this pastor. I don't like this pastor. No. Do, do, do you understand? Because like Reverend has just said, you keep wondering. You keep wondering. And I always tell you this thing that when you think you have a type, pray that you are your type's type. You go to the church that you think has your type. And when you get there, they will tell you that you are not their type. <laughs> Next question, please. Yes, so how can someone who has given, um, given up on love recover from heartbreak and disappointment from past relationships? Okay, read last, week, uh, last week's message. Yeah. <laughs> Where do Broken hearts go. <laughs> so he said that when somebody has had a broken heart, how do they? How do they like recover? How do they recover from? Let me let me attempt to answer what you think about. Why, Kia, you had broken heart? You say it to me. Kian says that to reach everybody. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> when you get a heartbreak, first of all, you've got to deal with yourself. If you look deep into yourself, you realize you made a wrong choice. You will see that you made a choice based on something. That was not the right thing. You made a choice based on looks. You made a choice based on infatuation, you made a choice based on something, or sometimes it wasn't your fault. Circumstances played a part in it, and you find yourself in a place. What you need to do is to get healed. Learn to love yourself, and learn to fall in love with yourself. Forget about relationship. Forget about going into another relationship. Learn to fall in love with you. When you fall in love with you, you, you suddenly become attractive to everybody else. So take your time, get healed. Some people, instead of getting healed, they take their heads and they rebound into some, another relationship. And that's a disaster waiting to happen. So the answer to your question is take your time, get healed, fall in love with you. Take yourself on a date. And then after that, once you are, you are home, you become attractive. Somebody will look for you. 
Yeah. I mean, whether it's a man or a woman, what Reverend was saying that look within yourself. Do you know that the only way your healing is going to come is when you take ownership of the situation? That this one, I foolishly worked. Once you take ownership, you can begin to heal. But if it's the person who has it in their hand and they say that they're not going to release you, then you are going to be locked up forever. Mm-hmm. Do, do you understand? But once you say that this one I walked in and this one I'm walking out, then you can begin. And like Reverend said, begin to become more sociable. Stop thinking about relationship. Do you understand? Find friends, engage with people, you know, find a life. Do you understand? Some of you, what you most need, I think what is challenging people in when it comes to uh, healing is social media. Because the guy or the girl is on social media in their new relationship. And it is flourishing. The more you curse them, the more they flourish. <laughs> the, the more you want his second relationship to break, the stronger. In fact, then they announce their wedding. Then, then you, you come off social media, then by the time you go back on, she's pregnant by the grace of God. So I, I think that, you, you know, for you to heal yourself, get the right people around you, and then f- get a life, enjoy your life, engage yourself. Do you understand? Don't lock yourself in your room. Reverend will say that and blow your nose, and then let phlegm and things become, and, and then be Eating singing sad songs. ice cream and fatten. Okay, please go on. What's the purpose have of... You, have you all got this book? Please, if you don't have this book, get it. Mm-hmm. If you are in a relationship, you are trying to get into a relationship, you are, you know, get this book. Please make it available now. Now, now. Now. Because a lot of people say they don't have it. Yeah, go on, quickly. Okay, quickly. so what's the purpose of marriage? As in, what was God's plan or thought when he created marriage? Because I think it's companionship, but a lot of people speak about purpose. So what's the purpose of marriage? What's the purpose of marriage? The purpose of marriage is, is uh, for synergy. I'm writing a book, and the Bible says that how can two be, uh, how can two lie, uh, be alone and not not? Somebody look for Ecclesiastes chapter 4 for me. How can two walk? No, that's, that's, no, that's not what I'm... He's talking about when two lie together, they, two are better than one. That's the scripture I'm looking for. Yeah. Two, likewise, two lying together, close together, can keep each other warm. They have synergy. The Bible says that one can put to flight a thousand, but two, ten thousand. So when one operates maximum, the maximum they can get is a thousand. But when two operate together, the maximum is 10,000 because two are better than one. So the purpose of marriage is for us to operate in the 10,000 and not in the thousand. Because now I have an advisor, I have a helper, I have an encourager, I have somebody who can correct me when I'm wrong. And because of that, I can do better in life. If I am alone, with all my wisdom and with all my uh, self-reliance, I can't do as much as if I'm together with somebody. So that's the purpose of marriage. So I, I think that when in the, in, the, in the book, even in this book, before you jump, I think that you'll find a few of the points in there that God created it so that, what did they say, that man will not be alone. 
also for fruitfulness. Do you understand? It's also to fulfill the plan of God on the earth. So it is both purpose. It is both companionship. Do you understand? It encompasses everything. So marriage, that is in the context of our faith, not in the context of the world. So what is your opinion on dating a non-practicing Christian in the hope that their faith will grow? As a non-practicing Christian in the sense that he's a baby Christian who is not an active but believes in God. So he said what? What, <laughs> what is your opinion? On somebody dating a, a baby Christian. Yeah, a and non-Christian or a baby Christian. There are two different things. So. Do you know that there are people that you ask, is she a Christian? Is he a Christian? You say that oh, they listen to Christian radio. He's an American. Okay. You go on. So a non-Christian, so into brackets, like a baby Christian who is not an active um, person but believes in God. But a baby Christian is not a non-Christian. So first of all, we have to eliminate that. A baby Christian is not a non-Christian. But then also a baby Christian, whoever is talking, depending on what you yourself, your level is, that will determine whether that person is a baby Christian. So we are assuming that this person talking is like a strong Christian. Or they have assumed that they are a strong Christian. And then they are going to date a baby Christian. The problem you are likely to have is that you can easily fall into sin. The, one of the problems you are likely to have. Because the problem is that the baby Christian might not value certain principles that you may value. And especially if the woman, the lady is going for a baby Christian boyfriend, you're going to have a lot of problems. A lot. A lot. Because... The Bible says, how can two walk together except they agree? So if there's no agreement in one area, obviously other areas there will not be agreement. And if the person's not going where you are going, life becomes more difficult. One thing that you must realize is, uh, I said in this book, that a relationship is an interview. It means that you have a good candidate or the best candidate out of a variety of candidates. I'm gonna make, give me some volume on this. So, so you, 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 you don't settle for less. Listen, we, don't make yourself cheap. Oh, this is the only, this is the one I like. No, you are saying that this is the only one available for me. Do you understand? So I accept him as he is with all his flaws. No, so there are some flaws that you must not accept. It's better to skip and move on and wait for the best, better candidate to come. If you are interviewing people for a job and one candidate comes and they don't have everything you need, what do you do? You look for the next candidate. They will come, then the next, until you get the right thing. Listen, let your life mean something to you. I wrote in this book that my mother told me, I think it's the first page or something. My mother told me something that if you, if you ever had the privilege to interview the people who are dead in the cemetery, you find out that out of the number of people that are dead, at least 80% are dead because of a, a, the opposite sex. The people who have died before their time, at least out, out of them, 80% died before their time. 
and 80, uh, 75% died as a result of a relationship with the opposite sex. If this is true, then how people get going to marriage without fully analyzing and assessing themselves or their prospective partners, it doesn't, it, it really blows my mind. If it is true that your life can be cut short if you marry the wrong person, that you can have a miserable life if you marry the wrong person, then marriage should not be an accidental thing. Am I making sense? You, you, you should take your time. If, the, if it quacks like a duck and it looks like a duck, it is a duck. Move on. Stop. You see, if you are arguing with yourself about the choice of a guy or a girl, know that you have chosen the wrong person. And it's better for you to leave them and go for the next. The, the, the Mr. Right is waiting. You see, that is why we always say that develop friendships. And stop as soon as you see somebody, you are starting engaging them. As soon as you see somebody, you are giving them raps. As soon as stop it. Just be friends so that you don't have to go and say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Don't do that. Okay? Yeah. Why he wants to write something? Okay. Go. How do you make yourself findable as a woman? As a woman. It's in this book, it's a whole chapter in this book. How do you make yourself yeah, I think that whoever has the question, just buy the book. It's a whole chapter in this book. How do you make yourself findable as a woman? I think it's a good question because the Bible says that he who finds is there. So women, for Christians, I'm not talking Come about, I'm not talking Come about, I'm not talking about Come unbelievers. What's that? Is she in the light? So she can be seen. If she was in the corner in the dark, it's not easy to see them. So... Make yourself findable. Put yourself in the light. Put yourself in a place where you can be found. Uh, Naomi had an advisor. Ruth? Ruth had an advisor, Naomi. And the advisor told her, put yourself in the light so that Boaz, Boaz can find you. Am I making sense? Yeah, so you can make yourself find. It's a whole chapter in this book, so go and I, 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 I think that... For especially for Christian sisters, we can get so desperate because we feel that our choices or chances are limited or we are restricted in choice. It's not true. It's a devil talking to us. You know, I will, first of all, I will encourage you that a lot of us need to work on ourselves. If you want to make yourself findable, first of all, begin to work on yourself. Some of us, we are not friendly. Some of us, we always have a frown on our face. Some of us, we are rude. As soon as we open our mouth, even if the person was about to say, oh, let's go for coffee, when you just talk, they are like, the Lord bless you. So I think that if you want to make yourself findable, make yourself such that the right people are attracted to you. The right people can approach you. Because some people too are so findable. <laughs> <laughs> to, I mean, literally, they're just lying there. They can just be picked up. Do, do, do you get it? I think that work on yourself. You see, when it comes to relationship, the only thing you have control over is you. It's you. Stop, I'm looking for this person. I'm searching. No, do you know that there, there used to be a shop in um, somewhere around uh, Chapel Town. They used to sell frozen yogurt. And they, they had the best frozen yogurt. It didn't matter where in Leeds we lived. We always went there. And when you got there, there's a queue. Isn't there yogurt in Morrison? Isn't there yogurt in Tesco, in Aldi? 
How come you get, what was the name of the place? Moo, Moo or whatever. When you get there, there's a queue. Yeah, was Moo. Yeah, the, the shop was very small. And there's a lot of people there. People had loyalty cards, whatever. Because the yogurt was worth going to look for. You have to make yourself worth coming to look for. Do, do you understand? Yes. Have the right spirit. Have the right attitude. You see, move away from the kind of people you talk to or the kind of people you won't talk to. The kind of people you engage with. The kind of people you won't engage with. You know, my type is not here. My No, just become a Christian who is nice, caring, loving. And move away. Your, move your mind away from, I'm looking for a wife. I'm looking for a husband. I'm, please. But start this way. Dress properly. Dress properly. When I say dress properly, become become an assignment. Become something that somebody has to decide to undertake. Not that the breast, everything is hanging. Make yourself mysterious. Men like mystery. Men don't want. Do you understand what I'm saying? So make yourself mysterious. Don't be too available and don't be too unavailable. Less is always more. Are you with me? Learn to talk, like she's saying, learn to talk well. And learn to be friendly, but not over friendly. Because some of us, we are too unfriendly. That's why nobody approaches us. And some of us, we are too friendly. That's why everybody sleeps with us. Next question, please. Next question. How old should yeah. I be before marriage? Okay, that's a very good question. The, the, the difference, the difference, let me answer this question in terms of a lady and terms of a man. For a man, marriage matures you and makes you become a man instead of a boy, irrespective of your age. That's why it doesn't matter what age you are, they call you a boyfriend. You can be 60 years old and they call you a boyfriend. And you can be 22 years old or 23 years old and they call you a husband, a man. Because marriage matures men. If I look at myself and uh, my, my age mates who are still not married, I see my life is more organized and I've gone ahead better than my mates. Not because I am more hardworking, but you see, when you're not married, you don't have a certain sense of responsibility. That makes you careless and then makes you make wrong choices. Am I making sense to somebody? And in the same way, as a woman, if you are not married at the same, or if you don't, there are some people ah, they say, ask me, I don't want to know about marriage. It's a wrong thing. Because it, 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 there are certain things in life that you will never achieve because of that thing. Maturity, as as uh, so for me, I always say that if I had the opportunity, I would have married me ten years younger than I did because I believe that it would have made me achieve more. The the answer to the question is if you find the right person, marry them. 
Yeah, and this one goes to all of us. As we become parents, I came from an environment and a culture where you find somebody, the person is God-fearing, the person is hard-working, you take them to your parents, they'll say no. You get pregnant, they'll say the wedding is tomorrow. They bring the rings now, come and do do you get it? And you don't want to do that. So I agree with there, Reverend there, that when you find a person. There's a perception that Africans think that if you want to marry, wait till you are late 20s. 29, 30, 31, 32. Before now, they think about marriage. Caribbeans from the age 20, you are good to go. Is that true? No. They too, they, they, no. Isn't it? It's a family. I, I believe that when you are mature enough, and usually 20, 21, 22, you still don't know what you are doing. 23, you still don't, you are not very, but from 24 upwards, once you have matured in there. That is the most ready. important. There are people who are 45, they shouldn't marry. <laughs> they should not marry, they should grow. <laughs> so uh, you see, that's why you can't use a number. 26. So there are people who are 24 and they are responsible. There are people who are 42. Their mother still buys their toothpaste, buys their, their towel, roll on, boxer shorts. They can't marry. It's okay. Go ahead. As a mother or father, would you advise your daughter to marry um, a divorcee? Yeah. Circumstances uh, and um, everything also Counts, but there's, there's no there's no um, embargo on divorcee. The fact that the person is divorced doesn't mean that he shouldn't be married or he shouldn't be a good candidate. Do you understand? So the answer is yeah, the person can marry. You can marry, yeah. It's an individual thing. Do you understand? So somebody can be divorced and they they'll make a much better husband or a much better wife than somebody else because you don't know what made them get divorced. You don't know what life has taken them through. So I don't think you can use that to define that because you are divorced, I'll marry you. I don't think I, it's not, you can't justify it. If the person is not a good person, the person is not a good person. It's not because they are a divorced person. Let us take away those stigma. This person is a single mother. This person, it's not a good thing. Do, do, do you understand? It's not a good thing because life happens. 